the object of Taxi Chronicles to sell our real riders with real stories, share their experience and enhance your life. So sit back and enjoy the journey. Morning, morning, morning. Yes, we're back with another episode of Another Rider. Today we have a, a story of a guy, how he's changed his life. So we're just going to hand over to Bob here, how his journey and where he is today and where he started off. So nice to have you here today, Bob. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Hello, everybody. <laughs> so, Hope everyone's fine. <laughs> that's good. So tell us, what, what was your life used to be like to what it is now? And what was the tr- transitioning point? Well, I'll be very honest, I didn't really have much of a father figure from a young age. I lost my father at a young age, so I was I was brought onto the roads quite early on, and that's all I knew, to be fair. So I just, just learned from the people that I saw outside. And these lot outside, they try to help you. It seems like they do. They try to show you one, two things. But in the long run, it's, it benefits them more than it benefits yourself. So... Mm-hmm. So when you say these lot, for, for start, when you say these lot, who are you referring to? And when your father passed away, did you live with your mother? Yeah, so I was living at home with my mum and my two sisters. But like things at home were getting quite difficult for me because of, obviously I was outside most of the time. And having a mum that cares for you, of course she's going to be upset with you. So I was having a lot of trouble at home and I did get kicked out a lot of the times. And then during these times I would sleep in the car. And these were times when I've just just started college and things like that, so it was really getting in the way of my studies. But luckily, I was able to get some decent GCSEs and I was able to get into college. And that's where I really started pushing drug dealing. So whilst I was at college, I was selling as much as possible, trying to save up some money and things like that. So you was about 16, 18 then? Yeah, 16, 17 when I was in college. So you're in college, you're selling what, selling your drugs to the other people there? Yeah, so as many people as, I, as my friends in actual college as possible, I was literally forcing people to pick up, essentially. Like, every time I saw a specific person, I'd, I'd push it onto them. I'd be like, bro, you want a 3-5 t- today? You want to score? And every day I was just doing the same thing instead of focusing on my studies. Mm. And you, how were you able to evade uh, the college, the university? <laughs> Excuse me. The, the lecturers? So, I, I was really blessed because I was quite a hyperactive person. I got along with most of the cleaners, the teachers. Everyone really likes me in college, so I, I never even got in trouble like that. And because I was just in college, just building everything up as well, I wasn't moving the most amount of weed, I'll be honest. These times I was only moving weed, just bud. And whilst I was in college, I got an unconditional offer from the university I went to, so I, I was really blessed in that sense because not a lot of people get unconditional offers. And unconditional offers, for those that don't know what it is, is that you could get any results in A-levels, you will still be able to go to that university. It's an unconditional offer. Why did they give you that? <sighs> Many reasons. One, one of which is when you're from a deprived area in London, at the bottom 15%, you get a higher chance of being able to get into these universities. They, they just have better leeway for us. Mm-hmm. So lower grade requirements. Apart from that, poor income family, single house family, things like these also play a factor. Also, I had a, quite a strong CV since young. I've always been working. Mm-hmm. I did internships at a few banks, credit ratings agencies. So my CV was quite strong. What age did you start working from? I started working around 13, 14 at my cousin's off license for 20 pounds a day. Okay. 
I was being shagged, I'll be honest. But... No, but that doesn't matter. It's not yeah. about how much you're getting paid. A lot of it's about the work experience handling people. Definitely. Because that those skills will help you navigate even in your drug drug industry. 100%. It, it did build a lot of character in me. Before this, I wasn't that confident, I'll be honest. But initially, I started off making money at car beat sales. I remember my mum had gone ill and I had to make money at home somehow. And this was when I first started secondary school. And I started selling like car beat sale, all the old stuff, old things at home. But in the mornings, I would go around to the other sellers at the car beat sale and buy things off them. Because they ain't got other people offering them anything. Sometimes they, they give things from a cheaper price and I was able to flip those things. Usually at the phones. Old Nokia's go really well at car beat sales, I'll be honest. If you've got no money and you want to make some money, go car beat sale. Okay, that's, that's good to know. It's a handy tip and stuff. So, how how so you was in the drug game for for how long? I would say four years where I had my solid run. And that's basically the length of the university time. Yeah. So when I first started university, I, I was still staying at home. I was barely going to any of my lessons. I would go one two days just to see what the demographic was like to see if I could build anything in uni. I tried through a girl and it didn't work out. She ended up taking the coke, so I just didn't work with her. <laughs> so then, she ended up taking the coke? Yeah. And then what did you do? Did you have to get the money off her? She, she took some time to bring it up as well. So well, it was only £100, so I wasn't that upset. It was all right. But yeah, from there, I just worked on myself in our area. Like During Corona, the price of most of these drugs went really high. But there was also a shift in the hierarchy because a lot of people got arrested over the ankle trap things. Might have heard about it. Um, traps in, no. So it's just a, a chat that a lot of these drug dealers used to be anonymous essentially. So even if you're making a phone call, your your phone would be calling a number in Russia and that number in Russia would be calling another number for you. So that way you can't be traced. A lot of these drug dealers, the big high level drug dealers were using it, but everyone got arrested because the FBI and the French police somehow cracked into it. I believe they always were in charge of it and they did it on purpose, I guess. <laughs> okay, just to find out, they set out a system yeah. and then they, they let everybody jump on it. Okay. I, that's what I believe. But anyway, so during this time, all of these big fish got arrested. So there, there was space for power. There was a power vacuum. I was luckily enough to what, to be one of the people who, who took that space, so I, I was moving a lot of coke because I, I was able what, to like get keys. Yeah. Okay. So the price of coke during Corona was fifty thousand pounds on a kilo. And how many keys were you moving? What a day or a week? Oh no, not not that often. I'll be honest. So uh, the, there was big shots where I would be selling nines for rare tear tear and. Is that nine keys? None. So nine zeds. Nine, all right, I'm not familiar. <laughs> yeah, I know what my listeners think. So that's a quarter. A that's quarter of a kilo. A quarter of a kilo, yeah. nine Z. Okay, I've learned something today. And that'll go to one person and the rest of it. I had a lot of friends that I was able to do this with, so it was. I, I was fortunate to be in a gang, I guess. But we were more of a family, so it worked out in our sense. Okay, all right. So you didn't have any violent altercations or any issues like that? I did, but it wasn't to do with the drug dealing, unfortunately. I just got involved in post-cold wars, like a lot of these kids got get involved in. Okay. It's a trap, though. Like, all these kids know it as well. They don't even know why, why they're stabbing someone half the time. Okay. Oh, so it's, okay, so how does that post-cold war work? You, if you see somebody who's your age in your area, you ask them where they're from? Um, for me, it was a lot more serious, where we would actually get dropped on people and go to kill them, never anything apart from that. Okay, 
So you just go to kill people because because they're what you so you go to their area. Yeah, but that person specifically would have done something like that to one of my associates, for example. Okay. It's not a thing where we're just going for anyone that's from that gang. It's either the main members or one of the members on that, their side who's touched one of our members. Okay, so that Top Boy thing is real life, kind Definitely. of. Definitely. Wow. You see Top Boy? They, they, they've dragged it with the Moroccan guys and stuff like that because the big links aren't really like that right now. There's big corporations, definitely. Wait, sorry, you said they dragged it with the Moroccan guys. What yeah, do you like, mean? M Moroccans ain't been in power for like the last 10 years. <laughs> like Turks as well. Like t there's, there's big Turkish corporations, but oh. like it's not the way they've made it seem. But they have to because it's just a TV series. They can't make it 100% factual. Like, oh. I imagine they're talking about Albanians and stuff. Okay. So what's your cultural background? If you know, I'm Kurdish. Kurdish. Ah, there's yeah. a lot of you in East London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm originally from East London. Ah, ah, that makes sense. Okay, all right. So you, so we're running out of time here, but it's very <laughs> interesting, very interesting story. So you've gone over to you, you're in that business. You're dropping people. You're selling your keys. What, what, what was the point where you just thought, actually? I'll I be honest with you, yeah. It gets to a point where you're coming home, you're, you can't even look your mum in the face. You're, you're coming home, you can't speak to anyone, you're, you're just full of anger, you feel like you're about to pop every second. You feel like a, a bomb that's just like ticking. Okay. So for me, I got a case, I'm not going to say the actual case, but I was looking at over 12 years. And, and what was that for? I'm not going to say. Oh, okay, so... All right. But it was quite serious and I was quite lucky I got NFA for half of the case and yeah. the other case... NFA? Other, no further action. Okay. And the other half of the case, the police said, we've got enough information to bag you, but we're not going to do it for public interest. And they gave me one year terms, so I had conditions to not get in trouble for a whole year. And after that, I was okay. So What's public interest? So, sometimes they, 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 they've got bullshit like that. They can either imprison you for for the public interest so IPP imprisonment for public protection or they don't think you're that much of a problem you go to school you look like a good kid and okay. they, they let you out so I was fortunate enough to be let out I wasn't gonna go to jail so after this I had like a little spiritual awakening I'll be honest I left England went went to Wales spent two months there cleared my head meditated did yoga started journaling, reading, everything. And then, yeah, after that, I came back to uni, did my final year, applied to a really high-end firm, and I did the test for it. I did my interview, I had an assessment centre for it, and I got the job, and my whole life's changed now. So, so that's God, really, on your side. So the, you don't have a criminal record then? I do. But I still got the job. So that's what I'm saying they to all of me. you kids. Yeah, they, I had to disclose it. I let them know I've got a criminal record. They were, they were happy that I let them know before they had to let me know. Mm -hmm. So all you kids out there that want to go to college and want to go uni, but you think, oh, your criminal record's going to get in the way. I've gone to one of the best firms and I've got a criminal record. So it's a possibility. Mm. Well, thanks a lot for that. No worries. But Thank you. What would you say if you could live life again? What would you do different and why? I don't think I'd do anything different, you know, because I'm happy I experienced the way, the things that I had to experience, because I wouldn't be the person I am today. Mm -hmm. I like that. No regrets. Looking forward, moving forward. Yeah.
thanks a lot for that and we wish you well and to the young people out there or anyone listening out there i hope you learned from this experience his experience both experience and enhances your life yeah definitely have a blessed day thank you we hope that episode enhanced your life we post an interview every day as well as vlogging on our social media channels don't forget to subscribe to get our latest episode